0: hello everyone aloha oh aloha everyone we are in hawaii right now we are (laughs) with the the recent sean ray's hawaiian classic Mm -hmm. bikini champion win number 42 ashley kaltwasser
1: hello hello in
0: the house right now so really uh good job congratulations
1: congratulations to you too it was a good it was a good weekend
0: it was a good weekend yes so (laughs) so we are coming from you live it is uh what is it out here is a seven
1: o'clock out here eight o'clock out it here? is currently 8 17 so, so we're behind everyone in the state
0: yes so. okay so actually people can probably tune in <laughs> yeah. so we're coming live and we're doing live today a q a that we had previously asked questions on and we are going to just be answering your guys' questions so if you guys are live feel free to jump in and, and ask those questions too be happy to answer them and uh yeah Ashley is not done yet. She has one more show Mm -hmm. in how many days?
1: In like six or five. I don't know. Time change. It's almost up. But it's in Tokyo, Japan. So it's pretty cool.
0: Pretty cool. I'm heading back, unfortunately. But um, it's going to be a fun time. So good job, Ashley. We'll keep this ball rolling. All right. But let's go ahead and bring in these questions now. Sorry, the sound is going to be a little bit different. We're not in studio. Obviously, we're in Hawaii. um, So sound will be a little bit different today. But let's go ahead and bring up some questions that you guys had all right so first question came in this is through instagram came in uh controversy prize money win bikini and other categories versus bodybuilding so um yeah so there is <laughs> this is a funny one right we talk about like prize money in the sport um you want to give your sense on it your your, your take on it first sure
1: Um, Of course, men's open bodybuilding has the highest uh, prize amount, as they should, as they absolutely should. And here's why. It is the division that started it all. It is the division that is the most difficult, takes the biggest toll on your body and health. And it's the, honestly, when you go to Olympia, that's what most people are there for. Um, So I think it's fair and as in bikini it's still the same as even men's classic correct and men's physique so it's not a gender thing it's just a class thing but i think it's funny because like sometimes bikini girls would be like no we try just as hard and it's like it's not the same guys i'm so sorry like you can if you have great genetics you could probably turn pro in two years men's bodybuilding not so much yeah um it's much more hard on your body. Um, and there's, like I said, much less shows. Like, for example, last weekend, five pro bikini shows. Five. In one weekend. Yeah. You don't ever see that with men's open. So they're, they're more sparse anyway. So I don't know. I think I'm satisfied with the prize. I think it's great. I think um, I'm very grateful for it. And I think people who say otherwise are not showing gratitude, honestly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, as far as, as far as the prize money goes, I think the same things so one, you got to look at not just one division versus one division. You got to look at a lot of factors that go into the, into the vision. Um, one of them is going to be, okay, what are the other, what are the other men's divisions getting paid? So besides bodybuilding the other men's division, so even Chris Bumstead who's the most popular bodybuilder pretty much ever of all time. I don't know if maybe, maybe Arnold Schwarzenegger more popular than him. I don't know. He's got, you know, 20 million followers. He brings massive numbers to Classic Physique, like massive numbers to Classic Physique. Probably, so just to give you an example, we were at the Meet the Athletes meeting. His line was out the door to meet him, and when he was done was, when the thing was over, there was still a line out the door to meet him. So the amount of people that him and Dino would, like, bring into the show alone if we went off just numbers, that division should probably get paid the most. Because if we went off how many people actually are paying to see them compete against each other, it's probably that. So they're getting the same money as bikini competitors. So they're getting the same money as bikini, as figure, as everyone. So it's it's one of those things where um, it you can't just look at one division, like the best division paying division versus another division. You have to look at, are all the divisions treated equally? Now, if it was like, Men's physique, classic physique, and bodybuilding was like clearly getting paid more than the women's divisions. And that was just it. I would probably be like, say something too, because it's but it's not that way. It's just, hey, this is our premier division, and here's the other divisions. This is our our leader division, which got everything started, and here's our other division. That's that's how it's being paid. So you have to look at it as a whole. And then the other thing you do look at it as as well is what like how you said bodybuilding is, I mean, you're taking like you, it's not healthy for you to walk around that big. Like it's, you're taking years off of your life being 300 pounds in the offseason. Your heart's not supposed to be pumping blood to that much muscle. You're not going to see bikini competitors having, you know, early ending lives because they weighed too much in the offseason. That's not going to be a thing. So, you know, it's, it's harder on the body. It takes way longer to get to that level. Um, the preps themselves are way more expensive than a bikini prep. Like you have a lot more, more things involved. Um, I mean, some of these bodybuilding preps are $10,000 a month just to prep for the Olympia, you know, so we're talking a $40,000 investment just to do the Olympia, you know, so it's a different, it's a totally different ball game. And I think people don't take the whole thing into account and they, they just were like, Oh, gender. And I'm like, dude, it's that, that argument's so bad. They, you know, what's funny is they did a, um, this is probably even a little controversy, controversial. There was like someone talking about like gender and pay the other day. And they did like Uber and Uber, their driver's just, just a driver. They don't care whether it's girl or guy, it's just driver period. And, um, the guys were making more than the girls. And they're like, this is crazy. Why are the guys getting paid more than the girls? And they found out, well, guys just drive faster. <laughs> guys drive faster. They break more laws. They run more yellows and they are on the app longer. Like they want to work more. Mm-hmm. And so they're, they're like, there was a completely neutral scenario. And so you can't look at, okay, Hey, Uber pays the guys more than the girls. It's the actions that actually happen with that one. Right. But you could look at it and just be like, Oh, it's just the guys and the girls. Right. It's just, that's what it is. No, guys are just dumb and they run red lights and they <laughs> do stuff, but they go more places and they make more money because they went more places. Right. They probably have more tickets to offset their wage. But if you just look at the dollars themselves, it's not it's not the same. It's which was I thought was absolutely hilarious actually hilarious because actually it's pretty funny. It makes sense. You know, know. Um, so we'll go into our next question here. Um, And the next question is, sorry, I was pulling up. We're doing this live. So sorry, guys. (laughs) Next question is, is there a benefit to short acting carbs right before stage or a little too late? How to time it? What do you think, Ashley?
1: Well, um, I think going back to what we say, you know, I think a lot of people overthink the right before the show carbs anyway. I, I think a lot of people are under the impression that they were like 30 minutes ba- badly timed 30 minute uh, rice cake away from a win. <laughs> <You know laughs> yeah. know what I mean yeah. the body isn't that like um doesn't transform like that much. Yeah. Um, but I would say like on show day, I do typically try to keep my carbs faster digesting for the reason I don't want um, usually with harder to digesting carbs, it's exactly what it's, it means it's harder for the, the body to digest it. And those are like the slower carbs or whatever. And that can cause maybe your tummy to maybe poke out a little bit more. So I do keep them kind of quicker on show day because I don't want that space to be occupied by these fibrous, uh, slow releasing carbs.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, she's hundred percent right. Uh, I think that that's the thing people need to, especially bikini. And I, here's the, here's the issue. And again, this is another this is another, a lot of bikini versus bodybuilding scenarios. Okay. Bikini competitors, you are not bodybuilders. Okay. Um, you never are going to need to be as, as detailed as bodybuilders are because the, the look is completely different, especially the look now, the last two years is a little bit different too for bikini in terms of how full they want you. So in bodybuilding, you, they want you to have what's called cross striations. Okay. So if you're, we'll use this soda, this can here, if, if this is a muscle, this is a quad going up and down, you would see those muscles that separate um, going this way, the vertical muscle separation. What the bodybuilding they want to see is they want to see the cross striation. So the, the, the they call feathering of the muscles that goes across the, the legs. So not just vertically, but horizontally within the striations themselves. That's called cross striation or feathering. So to get feathering of a quad, to get glute striated, to get um, hamstring ropes all the way down, fully detailed and hamstring striations and cross striations Uh, to get that stuff. Yeah. You need to be crazy, crazy detailed. Um, and you're going to be, you know, the last, the last few hours before a show will matter. But even then the last 30 minutes, an hour before the show is not going to matter. You got to understand the digestion process is a long one. It's not a fast digestion process. So, you girls who are doing bikini, you can relax a little bit. You guys can relax, understand that it's not, the day of the show, honestly, if you're not ready, the day of the show, you're not ready, period. There's nothing you can do backstage to just instantly transform you to being ready. And I think that it, it this this conversation helps because people think, oh, um, I should have had, exactly like Ashley said, two rice cakes, I would have gained the difference. And then the next day they're like, oh, I look so much better the next day, like that type of thing you probably weren't ready that's that's the reality of things saturday morning when you do a show or sunday morning if it's in you know different places saturday morning if you do a show like when you wake up there's very little to do at that point you just need to maintain you need to be on cruise control Um, it's not this big deal everything happens throughout the week that week you know your check-ins like basically wednesday through friday are like the most important ones where you're loading carbs and you're figuring out the situation and saturday morning you just wake up you go on stage that's it um I think that'll help people because a lot of people use online coaches. We're online coaches. We can't be at every show. We have team shows that we're at, but we can't be at every single show. And sometimes athletes are like, oh, my coach isn't going to be here. And, and I'm like, hey, when we're backstage, we're like fluffing hair, making sure your oil's good on your tan and telling you, hey, it's time to pump. And then just kind of just kind of talking and having fun. Like that's really there's not much to do. It's not like you're like pinching people and being like, oh, this looks like you need one more one more rice cake, half a rice cake, half a here. rice
1: cake, <laughs> but exactly thirty minutes before you sleep. Yeah. Exactly, because yeah. that's that's the winning recipe.
0: Yeah, because you got <laughs> the, the digestion process is like you eat it, it digests, it breaks down, it goes through the bloodstream, it then transports to the muscle, then stores. It's like it's not happening in thirty minutes. Like you no, know if we were digesting food that fast, we probably all would be dead or always really hungry. <laughs> like would it wouldn't. It's just not how the body works. So just cruise, you know. Let don't be stressed on show day. There's not much you can do at that point. Even on, even Ashley on show date, it's not like we're running up to a room at 5.00 AM and like, Oh, you need, you need to get a honey in. I We need to check. Let's check your weight. Let's check your butt. It's like, Hey, how you looking? Okay, cool. Yeah. Let's eat a little bit. Let's just, let's have some fun. That's, that's how the day goes. So anyway, uh, hopefully that ends a little bit of your guys's, a little bit of your guys's, a uh, stress here. So next question, what's the downside to being a professional athlete if you had to name one?
1: I think probably pressure, burden of expectation. Um, You have to be like on high alert how you come across, especially like in the public and stuff. I mean, I don't think that's necessarily hard, but like for some people, I think it can be. Like, because I think I'm pretty much the same as in real life to then again translate to like public image and stuff. But like, I think some people would have a hard time with that, you know? Yeah. The extra spicy ones.
0: Yeah. And I think it, for you, what I could see of it's just like the thing here is I would say, would someone like and I'm not going to speak for Ashley, but I could see it being like someone in Ashley's scenario is that um, because she is so popular and she wins so often, but she also takes a lot of risk really often and competes really often, I would say one of the things that um, I don't know if it weighs on you or not but i would say if i was you what i would probably see what i see being a thing be like if you you know if you compete 10 times you're gonna you're not gonna win 10 times that's just it's just too much in bikini right and you're gonna let's say you lose two times three times those two or three everyone in the like in the public like oh i can't believe it this girl's gonna be the next top and i'm like hey guys Let's not forget she competed 20 times in the last 18 months, right? No one's going to be 100% every time. So I would say that you get a higher burden of expectation than Mm -hmm. most. Yeah. And then the people don't realize, like, you compete so often. So I think that that's not wait. I know you don't want to see that, but it's I see it because I'm like, you'll see it if it happens. It's like, oh, this girl's going to be the next one. She just be like, guys. Let's see what happens when, you know, we just did three weeks in a row did <laughs> three shows. Like Ashley competes a lot for fun and she loves it. And yeah, she takes, I will say this, you take a lot of risks. As I do. A, you take a lot of risks, more than anyone for sure.
1: Mm-hmm. Especially
0: with knowing that that's on the back end of
1: it. Yeah, you know, and <laughs> it comes to the territory, it's bikini and uh, it happens. And yeah. No one's undefeated. So like it, it does, it sucks to not win, but you always will learn from it as long as you're willing to accept your mistake and improve and move forward you know everyone wants to win that day but there can only be one so I just try to have that mindset of like okay I'm giving it my best let's see what happens and hopefully everything falls into place on show day um but you know it comes in the territory
0: yeah I guess the the more I guess the more popular you get in anything you get more pressure you know if I mean same thing with me if I mess up a prep or something happens and someone's off then it's like you know the internet goes wild (laughs) but You know, <laughs> so this is one of those things, but that's good. It's good. It's good that people are watching. I, I never have a problem with it. All right. Next question here. Uh, when do you know you've been improvement period for long enough? That's a good question. So I would say there's a few signs to know if you're an improvement long enough, and there's a few things that you should avoid to make sure that you're an improvement long enough, too. And that's one of the I think more the more important part of this question is um, making sure you could see the improvements that you're making you know and i think that that's the most important thing because if you go too heavy in the off season you might not be able to see what improvements you've made and you might not know if you've made enough of the improvements yet and sometimes people will be fooled and think they have made enough improvements because the body fat looks like it's more muscle especially in the legs on women you know women will generally store more body fat in the legs um, and in the triceps so if you're someone who is you're know, struggling with your arm size and then you'll go really heavy in the off season. You might say to yourself, Oh, I got my arms bigger. My arms are there now. And then you start dieting down and then you lose that arm fat. And then you're, you're like, my arms are basically the same as where they were. And then you did what happens generally in that scenario is they're like, Oh, my coach dieted me too hard. I lost all my arm size. And I'm like, no, you were too heavy in the off season. You gained too much body fat. You never had the arm size and it fooled you. Cause you, you now lost it and you had to diet harder to lose all that body fat which means maybe you did lose some arm size because you had to diet harder because you went so big in the off season so one thing i'll say is muscle will never be gained or you'll never gain a gram of muscle because you gained a gram of fat any gram of fat you gain is an overshooting of calories that you didn't need to do now how do you perfectly time it where you just gain muscle that's not possible of course but you can be smart and not go too heavy in the off season and primarily gain lean mass your net muscle gained Will be about the same, if not more, when you keep your calories, like when you keep your diet tight. Okay. There's not going to be this huge benefit of going into this whole bulk. So, that if you keep it lean, you'll always know when you've made enough improvements because you'll actually be able to physically see them. Right. So, like Ashley, for example, now Ashley's an extreme, and I don't think everyone should be like Ashley, <laughs> but, um, you know, her gaining five pounds, six pounds um, post show, um, she can, vis- phys- you can visibly see that. Changes like you because it's she only has to lose five pounds to get ready for a show, so you can visibly see them. Now, I think for a lot of people, you know, it's more realistic to be you know ten pounds, you know, ten percent above stage weight, and you could still see the changes there. But if you're going twenty percent, twenty-five percent, thirty percent above stage weight, you're not going to see the changes. You'll never know if you've made enough progress. So that would be, um, I guess, my answer to that. What do you think, Cash?
1: I agree, and I think it can also happen the opposite way too. If you're one to build muscle easily. If you get too fluffy, you might overdo a certain muscle, but you won't know until you get lean. So I think, um, yeah, just like Adam said, you don't have to stay as lean as I do in the off season, um, but you know, just keep it in check because it it can go badly either way. You know, you can overdo and overpower a certain muscle group, or you can think that you're building and, like you said, it's oh look it's just that, or you did diet it off. So um, yeah, but I think also with that being said um there there's points where somebody is like way 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 too lean like so like shredded yeah that would be mm-hmm. very difficult mm-hmm. i think um energy wise even yeah to stay like super stage so notice how he said i'm five to six pounds above my stage weight i don't look because a lot common misconception people think i literally stay stage lean all year round, and i don't <laughs> i don't because we've seen it before yeah. where girls in their off season were more shredded than I've been on stage or Um, anyone should be on stage for bikini. And it's like, that's not, not the, the right amount for, for any kind of progress to be made.
0: Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. And I think that's a great point that you brought that up because it's
1: more rare, obviously.
0: Yeah, it's more rare, but it does happen. And that will hinder your progress. If you're always like in too big of a diet, you're not going to make any progress either. So it's that, it's that perfect balance of being close to maintenance calories and maybe a little bit above maintenance calories. I think people, really think that it's, it's dying a little bit more. You're seeing bodybuilders even staying leaner in the off season, but people really think you have to eat a lot of calories to build muscle. And you don't, you, you know, it's, it's very, you're going to gain very few calories a day as stored skeletal tissue. It's just not, it's just not that many. Um, even if you just look at how many calories are stored as, as, as muscle tissue, it's nowhere near what fat is. So fat's like 3,500 calories is one pound of fat is closer to 800 calories is one pound of muscle. So it's, it's a, this, the amount of calories that are stored for, for muscle building, you just don't need that many per day as a surplus. So it's just a different scenario. And I think people don't realize that and they get carried away with the bulking. They're like, Oh, I'm just bulking. And I'm like, at what point do you blur the lines of bulking to just saying, I'm just eating whatever I want and having fun. Like, cause there's a difference there and that's, that's not balance. So, um, so yeah, you know, so balance isn't being in show prep all year. Balance isn't letting loose and just having everything you want to eat if you're calling yourself an athlete all year either so those are both both of those are in balance so um yeah anyway let's go to the next question how can you decrease the appearance of ribs in your front pose this is a good posing question
1: or muscle maybe you don't have enough serratus to um disguise your ribs
0: yeah you can have um you know not enough development on your obliques you can be you know super dieted down and and kind of stringy so everything's really showing a lot too but um more common more common than not when you have that is um so when you when you breathe in in your chest and you can you can kind of breathe in you'll you'll get bigger right so if you you just you look bigger right so my whole upper body when i breathe in gets bigger like my shoulders get wider everything gets bigger in my chest because all my air is kind of pushing everything out in my lungs so when i breathe in everything gets bigger but the problem is is i expand my rib cage so if you're one of these posers who's in that front pose and you're kind of breathing in and you're being up real tall which you're supposed to have your chest high when you're posing in the front pose but you're maybe over exaggerating it and trying to maybe you're breathing in a little bit you're going to get some ribs even if you don't generally have them so finding the balance between the two of those is really important. You know, you want to be tall and proud and chest high, but you don't want to be expanded and really having those ribs come out. And if you're someone who's naturally more ribby, well, that's where the bikini art form comes in. Um, and you want to, you you might have to actually physically get more muscle on you and pose smaller. So your ribs aren't expanding because this is all what that is. You know, we talk about, um, Like uh, Jennifer's always a good example because she doesn't lose body fat perfectly evenly from upper to lower body, but she poses harder on the lower body poses softer on the upper body. Um, the way that she's posing, it makes it look a little more balanced, right? So that's going to be the thing for you. If you have ribs that pop out, you're gonna have to get a little bit bigger up top and pose a little smaller on your midsection to make sure that your ribs aren't popping out. And that's how you create the perfect balance. There's no such thing as a perfectly balanced bikini competitor and with no flaws it's just a matter of how are you going to figure out your solutions to your problems. And, and that sounds like that's, that's one for you. So posing definitely a, a big component of that, but also like Ashley said, honestly, muscle is going to be, uh, another important component of that. And if you're, if you don't have enough muscle on your, uh, like enough obliques and you're just, you're just showing right through. So I would probably start there and then look at your posing too. Um, so we'll go ahead and go into the next question. What is different about competing internationally, especially Japan?
1: I think um, we have a lot of conveniences here in the States, things you don't think of, like microwaves, bridges, easy to you can get food anywhere. Um, but sometimes it's a little tricky in a different country to get like prep food. Um, And things like that, just a little less convenient, especially if you don't like speak the language necessarily. And also, they don't have washcloths. I noticed. Oh yeah. You have to bring your own.
0: In backstage or just Japan period? Japan. Oh, I didn't know that. (laughs) I
1: have my washcloth. (laughs) (laughs) But you'll also notice that competitors from different countries, like, well, assuming like if we're going to compete at a different country. That's when you'll find less and less Americans and maybe more, you know, for example, in Japan, you'll probably have more Asians. And then in Europe, you're going to have more Europeans. Makes sense. Right. You want to kind of compete where it's close and convenient for you. Um, So body types will different or will vary a little bit. Um, And I don't necessarily think judging is a variant like they don't necessarily judge differently, assuming they are like Olympia level judges or, you know, American head judges. But when you stand next to different body types, you're gonna always look different, you know? So maybe me standing next to a group, I'm gonna look huge and muscular, but if I stand next to another group, maybe I'll look super small, right? Maybe if I stand next to like Asian girls, maybe I will be bigger. Maybe if I stand next to European girls, I will be smaller, I don't know. Um, So it's kind of like they, I don't think it's a judging thing that changes, but the, the competition itself, physiques even the suits are different you know you'll notice different like suits hairstyles like sometimes you'll see girls like in half ponytails or clipped back you don't really see that too often here so things like that and posing of course is a lot different as well
0: yeah i think you got that down but yeah exactly what you said about the judging because we had another question come in about um judging and we'll put this one up too because i think it's important to to go into so this question came in on youtube Says, how does judging compare in Japan? You've spoken about the talent there being high, but also critiqued overseas judging standards, norms. So just um, wondering what happens when an American goes there. So um, yeah, so here's the thing about judging overseas: is that you are going to get some shows over. You're getting a lot more shows overseas, right? So that's just how it's going. You're getting more and more shows, which is awesome. And again for the argument of bikini versus bodybuilding pay remember <laughs> five shows last weekend there's going to be a lot of shows so when you get that many shows you're going to have you're not going to have olympia judges at all the shows that's just how it's it's just not possible there's too many shows all over the place you're somewhere in in you know in eastern europe a judge can't get there and so they're going to use their best judges out there so what happens what happens with the judging and why does it change well the thing is the girls that show up to those shows a lot of times are way more shredded like if you look at the european market a lot of the girls are showing up really shredded and they seem to be like a couple years behind the American standard. When it comes to conditioning, when it comes to the overall physique, unless they're competing overall, like competing in the US, um, you see that there's a just a slight gap in when they're at the same American standard, unless they're competing here a lot. So what happens to the judging of it? Well, you get a judge that you don't know, like no one really knows. Um, they know him in Europe, but he's not popular in the US. So everyone in the US is like, oh, just some random judge, Gave this girl a win. I'm like, well, some random judge. Yes, I don't know who he is, but he gave a, the best girl a win because there was 20 girls there that were shredded potatoes, <laughs> and who are you gonna pick? You know, who? You, What's your? You have to pick the best of the shredded girl in that scenario, and then. But all you see is the winner. You see that you don't know who the judge is, and you think, oh, the European judging is just a lot harder. And you're like, no, the European girls at that show showed up a lot harder, right? So. You run into that, um, but that's not really a judge's fault. It's really a competitor's what they're bringing fault. Um, and then they have to pick for the best, of the, the best of that scenario. The problem with that is when a girl wins in that condition, she's up, she shows up to the Olympia in that condition and then she shows up last call out. And we saw that at the Olympia. You know, how many, how many uh, people that were really good overseas did great in the US this year, right? Because the standard's different. So I always tell every competitor, come to the US market. If you wanna really be competitive, come to the US market get in front of the, the Olympia judges all the time, get like, see what the girls look like that are winning these top 10s, top 15s in the Olympia. And then and then you can make yourself more competitive. And that's why I got the team house. So, you know, if we have that scenario, someone can stay there, they can live there and compete in the American market for four months, five months, whatever it is. So um, it's, a, it's a big difference. The talent pool is really, really high out here. So, um, and then that, you know, like like in Japan, the judges are gonna be Tyler and Etzela, I think. So it's the same judges. So. Um, yeah, but you're going to get those things that happen when you have, you know, let's say 12, only 12 people show up to a bikini show and they're all shredded. Like, what are you going to do if you're a judge? Like, how do you, you know what I mean? Like, you got to
1: choose from what the best on stage that day.
0: Yeah. And it might just be someone who shredded. So, mm-hmm. um, going into the next question here, actually, there's two questions in this question. So, the first question is um, how to fix a bad rebound. From a show without causing more metabolic damage? Is that a me one? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, um, how do you stop a rebound? Let me read that again, actually. How do I stop a rebound without more metabolic damage? Okay. So, if you're going into a, um, a re- so I guess there's there's, I guess you're assuming, I have to assume that you're already out of, you're in the correctional phase. And you're going into okay all right so sorry there's like three parts of that question i'm like breaking down so if you okay so you finish a show how do you go into a proper week i call post-show diet psd post-show diet well um the the first thing you want to do is you want to get out of a caloric deficit okay so the only way you're going to cause more metabolic damage is by you prolonging the deficit so if you're in a caloric deficit for let's say 16 weeks um and then you start like really slowly bringing up calories. Well, if you really slowly bring up calories, you're going to really avoid how much body fat you're going to gain. You're going to keep the body fat gain to like very, very minimal. The problem is, is that you're also prolonging the caloric deficit. So if it's a a minor caloric deficit, you're still adapting to that, to those lower calories, and you're still theoretically um, having more metabolic damage, right? Though that's going to be pretty, pretty minimal impact in terms of actual metabolic damage that actually happening is is pretty minimal hormonal adaption the longer you're in a diet yeah that'll happen but it it would come out of it you'll come out of it pretty quickly so the first thing i'll say is um there's two ways of doing it if you're someone who's really susceptible to gaining body fat back quickly yeah i'll increase calories a little bit slower if you're someone who wants to um, really maintain your 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 shape then yeah i'll increase calories a little bit slower knowing she's still probably in a deficit and we might be furthering that metabolic adaptation Um, but most people I'll just bring their calories right up, bring them right up to their, their maintenance calories. The only thing is you got to understand your maintenance calories from when you started prep and from when you finished prep are going to be different. So that's where people get confused. You're like, Oh, I used to burn 2000 calories a day for maintenance calories, but I dieted really, really hard for 16 weeks. I'm like, you think that you're still going to get 2000 at the end of this? You're not. And you're going to be really, really susceptible to gaining body fat back when you've been on like a no fat diet for eight weeks, you know? So I'll increase calories right to maintenance calories. I'll do it primarily through, um, raising protein and carbs. And then I'll introduce fats last because that's most, the most likely thing to be stored as fat is fat, especially when you're in a low fat diet for a long period of time. Um, and then if you do that right, you should minimize your body fat gaining. And then you just do, you got to continue doing your check-ins and based on the, based on the responses and the weekly check-ins, then you'll raise calories up, um, based on how they're how you're how how you're responding um if you're gaining body fat back really really quickly yeah you might have to lower your calories even more um now if the question is this is a different question if the question is i did my show i ate everything i saw for three weeks and now i want to get that body fat off of me without causing more metabolic damage which is what i think the question is um there's no way to really do that if you go back into a caloric deficit you're going to be again going through that same adaptation. Um, so it really does stem from you have to keep it you know, smart after the show. You know, um, Everyone wants to eat a ton after the show, but understand that's your most susceptible timing to after a show to gain body fat back. You cannot go into any diet ever without having some adaptation. So um, a lot of times this is what happens, it becomes kind of cyclical. People do a show, they get shredded, they like let loose for like two weeks even, and they gain like 20 pounds. And they're like, I wanna get this 20 pounds off me, it's so uncomfortable. And I'm like, you're not, you to lose that 20 pounds now is going to be super, super hard because your body still hasn't corrected itself from the show. Your metabolism still isn't fully raised up. Your hormones still fully aren't back to where they should be. And, um, the only, the only thing you should do at this point is just go right to maintenance calories. Just let your body slowly adapt because even though you ate a lot of calories for a couple of weeks, you gain a bunch of body fat. doesn't mean that your body's corrected at this point. Maybe it's a little bit faster corrected than it would have been if you were in a regular post-show diet, but it's not a. Oh, and now it's corrected because I gained body fat back. You just gained body fat. You know, it definitely wasn't worth it. Um, so unfortunately, you're going to have to go to maintenance calories for a period of time. And then once you're fully up to full speed again, then you can diet off that um, that weight that you may or may not have gained. Um, so, yeah, there you go. But you could ask questions on that, too, because I know that went into a lot there. It's That one's a harder, more technical question. All right. So other question. Calf cramps on stage. I drank all the water and electrolytes, but still cramps on stage? Any tips? Tough one. Um, So as far as as far as that goes, yeah, if you're doing if you're doing all those things, you're drinking all your water, you're having all of your electrolytes, you know, um, it's some people are just going to be more susceptible to getting cramps than others. You know, uh, it's it's a hard it's a hard thing to do. But honestly, um, if you're really susceptible to getting cramps, one of the things that it's going to be a little better is if you're stretching before you get on stage, like if that's something that you're really worried about, is giving your body system some nice stretching before you get on stage. Um, nothing wrong with doing that. You know, take off your heels, stretch your calves. Um, but if you're in your entire prep and you're cramping all the time, there's this thing called um, 40,000 volts. It's called 40K volts on, um, you can get it on Amazon. It's an electrolyte um, additive that you can add to your water. I think that many, many people should be taking that because you gotta remember when you're eating really light. She said she was. Um,
1: she said she's doing it.
0: Well, how much though, right? Oh, okay. How much like daily or just at the end? Oh, okay. Like sometimes people just do electrolytes and they're like, Oh, I do oh, electrolytes, I see you mean, yeah. like right before they get on stage. Mm. And I'm like, that's not going to, it's just that you're, you're dieting for so long and you're sweating so much and you're moving so much and you're eating so little that you don't really get your electrolyte. Like you're, you're really, a lot of, most people are off on their electrolytes. So adding it a couple of times a day would be good. If you're cramping more, um, look at the things that you're missing in your prep. You know, are you, um, do you have all your electrolytes throughout the day are you having all of your vitamins and minerals throughout the day do you have your amino acids the full spectrum in um are, you know you, people can take taurine and that'll help a little bit with cramps too so um that's those are the thing but if you're taking electrolytes all the time drinking all your water doing your stretching it's probably going to be minimized if not like eliminated but people underestimate how much how many electrolytes they have um, a lot of times people have hydration issues just because they're not getting in enough sodium too yeah. like they could be like oh i'm I'm super hydrated. Well, you're drinking a lot of water, but you're not drinking enough sodium. So, you're, you're, you know, maybe you're not as hydrated as you think you are. 70, over 70% of people are somewhat dehydrated, but people don't, people think they're drinking water and they're like, oh, I'm fine. So, um, a lot goes into it. And that could be some some of those things, maybe that can solve your, maybe some of those things could solve your problem. But the 40,000 volts one, I've had a lot of success with. Um, So, all right, let's look at another question here. All right, we got one. This would be a good one for you, Ashley. Tips for dealing oh, with- Oh, I
1: thought you were gonna be the one on the left. <laughs>
0: oh yeah, sorry. Oh, let's go with the one on the left then. All right, <laughs> if you could go back in time, what is something you would tell yourself before first competing?
1: Oh, I that I, I'm capable of going farther than I ever thought I could. Like, you know, cause I always say, when I first turned pro, my goal was just to win one pro show. And I thought that would be like the absolute pinnacle of my career Thought that would be it. Like, I just want to win one, you know? And I'm like, wow, I'm capable of so much more. So yeah, I mean, that's my answer. I'm Mm -hmm. capable of more than I could ever imagine.
0: I think a lot of people, um, I think that's good to say that because a lot of people will see, see you and your success and say that they could never, they'll never do that. I'll never be that or whatever. And it's like, someone has to be that. That's what people don't get. Mm -hmm. Like it has to happen to someone like every year. Like it's funny because everyone was like, Oh, I'll never win Miss Olympia. Like that's crazy. And I'm like, no, someone needs to win it. Like it happens to someone. Why not you? Like, what's the reason why it can't be you? Right. Why can't you be the next Ashley K? Right. So um, Ashley K didn't think she was going to be the next Ashley K. It's true. You know? So yeah, maybe you're, maybe you're um, better than, you think you are, maybe you're the next great champion of the world. And you just haven't, haven't put that effort out yet. Maybe, uh, maybe you can't, who knows, but maybe just, maybe you can, I think that that's the more important thing. And I think at the end of the day, at the end of like, I was, I was, I was telling someone to the day, like the end of, at the end of my life, I want to know that I tried like as hard as I could. I don't want to be sitting on the bed with regret being like, man, I could have tried and all my all my dreams and all my, All my gifts are dying with me you know Mm -hmm. like i want those gifts and and dreams fulfilled and dead before way before i die (laughs) i want them to reach their maximum ability and i think you're the same way obviously right so all right now the other question which is another you question tips for dealing with feeling hangry on prep
1: that's the thing adam i don't feel that hungry yeah (laughs) um so luckily for me i'm not i don't feel hungry as often, I think, as other competitors. But I think the reason why is I'm, I'm very satisfied with my food. I know that kind of correlates more with cravings. But being satisfied with my prep food, like learning how to cook it properly, the seasonings I like, uh, condiments I like, I think that really plays a big role into like how I view my food. Because I don't feel like I'm missing out, honestly. Um, so... That, and I, I'm very hydrated all the time, I drink a lot of water, so that kind of occupies space, and I do chew a lot of gum, like sometimes two <laughs> packs a day, Wrigley's uh, five gum, it's the best.
0: Well, there you go. Um, when we're looking at um, other options for that too, if you're feeling really, really hungry, um, protein shake is an, a great option, like a protein shake with ice in it, um, if if you put a lot of ice in the protein shake it tends to get more air in the protein shake and then it te- tends to keep people fuller um having you know adding a little bit of fiber to the protein shake helps so people keep them fuller uh, so there's a lot of like a ton of like little tricks that you can do um with food the way it is these days like even when i have like my diet weeks like i don't feel really that that deprived you know the food is just so good the condiments are so good flavorings are crazy you know you can go to a penzi spice store like we'll go to a penzi spice store and get spices and make your foods good. So I don't know, just, I think that a lot of it's mindset too. And understand that you're eating less on purpose, right? Which is still more than other people are eating period. And if you put yourself in that mindset, like, hey, I'm pretty like, and what am I really doing here? Am I Am I really suffering? Or am I just so used to eating whatever I want, whenever I want, that I'm thinking this is suffering. Because I'm choosing not to eat whatever I want, whenever I want, right? Because I'm that privileged, right? And that's, I think that that's the thing too, is like to look at it like, like, what are we really doing here? Eating healthy? Like, is that that bad? Really? I'm eating, oh, I'm eating chicken, rice, and some veggies. Oh, poor you. <laughs> You're eating healthy? I can't believe it. You're suffer. Put it out on Instagram. You're suffering so much. <laughs> so, so that's something I think we need to take into account and like, be like, hey, like what, it's not that bad. Like I'm eating fine I'm I'm doing just fine you know and I'm doing this by choice. so that's another another way of, that I look at it at least which is a little bit more I guess harsh <laughs> but uh, okay, going into workbook we've got quite a few of these questions. Um, let's see here. All right let's go into, you know let's go into this question because it is a one that actually comes up a little bit. Says I'm 56. Do judges take off points for age-related issues? Example, um, inner thigh veins, SX scars. Okay. So um, as far as you being um, 60 or 50, we say 56. Sorry. As long as you, as far as you being 56, um, I assume you're going to be competing in masters divisions, um, and in those masters divisions, you know the thing is the judges can they're going to judge on, on really on everything. So there's nothing that the judges won't judge on. You got to remember, this is like a fitness, uh, fitness model contest. The thing is though, in the master's divisions, you're going to also have, you know, everyone's going to have the same disadvantages as you, this skin will have a little bit of, of, uh, not as tight as like, you know, a 20 year old, of course, um, you know, a lot of more people will have more stretch marks because of the, there's a lot of people at 50 plus had kids already, things like that. Um, So it's very apples to apples. It's not like there's this huge disadvantage for having something that um, in that division because everyone has something in that division. So but the judges, yes, they will take everything into account. If you're, you know, like, for example, even if you're 20 and you have an arm sleeve, right, let's say you have a sleeve and a a tattoo sleeve and it's a light tattoo sleeve. It's not going to matter at all. You can have that. But if it's like pure black and you can't see the definition of that tattoo, yeah, it blurs the definition. So they're going to say, hey, but you know, it does, it does um, disguise your definition a little bit. And we have to judge on that. We can't really see if you have, you know, big uh, tattoos on your tie-ins in your 20, you have the best tie-ins in the world, but they're full, full black covered tattoo. Yeah. They're going to judge on that. It doesn't, you know, so it, it is a fitness model content. So there's some things that they will judge on some things that they won't. Um, they generally will judge more so on like the controllables than the non-controllables. So, um, I wouldn't put too much into it because in your category, there's going to be a lot of people with disadvantages, but for all categories, if you have, um, if you have something like that, you know, yes, this is a fitness model contest. Everything is taken into account. Let's go ahead and look at the other cardio before or after weights, Ashley.
1: You know, I guess it doesn't matter that much. I prefer to do it before when I do do cardio, but I haven't done cardio in a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I like just to kind of get it out of the way. But what I'll do is I'll do cardio first and then I'll come home, shower, whatever, and then go to the weights. But, hmm, you know, I think everyone has their own little routine, whatever works best. Some people like to feel the like feel, feel invigorated after the morning cardio and then, you know, eat and then go back for weights. But-
0: yeah. Yeah. So it's it, it doesn't really matter too much the way that you do it. The only time it matters that I will say is I would rather save the energy so if you're like low on calories you're low on energy i would rather save that energy for good lifts and i think you could just kind of power through the cardio um for that so we'll go into one more here we're in a hotel so we're getting some vacuuming in the background now it looks like (laughs) tips for finishing meals i have a low appetite that's a that is a it actually is common actually surprising i run into this with my clients quite a bit you ever run into this so um people where they're like, this is too much food for me. And it's not that much food really, but it's like, they're like, this is too much food for me. It's all relative to the person, you know? Um, So what I'll do in that scenario to raise calories up for someone is I will decrease their high volume food. So I will, let's say they have 60 carbs per meal. I'll reduce that to like 20 carbs per meal and I'll make up the calories in like liquid fats. So like oils and things like that, where you can get in a lot of calories, but the volume is still low. And over the course of the day, it makes it a lot easier to get in that food. So if that's your issue, yeah, double up on the fats, um, you know, reduce the the high volume foods. It should solve the problem pretty immediately, honestly. So um, any tips on that? Anything? Yeah,
1: just like you said, um, just the higher calorie, uh, more calorie dense foods are probably a better option if you're trying to increase calories at that.
0: Cool. All right guys, I guess with that, um that'll be that'll be it. But keep those questions coming. If you guys have any questions, put them in the comments of this video and uh we'll take a look at it. Well, we do these a few times a year, you know, Q&As cuz they're always pretty fun and they, yeah. it's it's a fun podcast. So anyway, thank you guys so much. Wish Ashley luck in Japan.
1: Thank you. Congrats
0: again, Ashley. Thank you. And we'll talk to you guys later.